If you enjoy these podcasts, check out Enrico Signoretti's reports and blogs on gigaohm.com. They're about data storage and cloud computing, addressing all the topics covered in Voices in Data Storage. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Gigaohm Voices in Data Storage. I am Enrico Signoretti, and today we will talk again about hybrid clouds, data mobility and uh, data gravity and so on. To help me with uh, with this topic, I invited uh, Molly Presley from uh, Cumulo. Hi, Molly. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for the invitation, Enrico. So, Molly, uh, maybe we can start uh, with a short introduction. Uh, uh, Molly, if, um, sorry. Molly, maybe we can start with a short introduction. Um, Maybe we can start with a short introduction about you and uh, Cumulo. Yeah, you bet. So I'm Molly Presley. I'm responsible for product marketing at the company. And Cumulo is a next generation file system, effectively. We started building a new file system back in 2012 that released a couple of years ago, really designed for two key things, um, optimizing for flash and optimizing for the cloud so that as customers and users and workflows are shifting from the data center up to the cloud and maybe back again, that we can make that easy for them to do. Yes. Uh, so I invited you uh, mostly because uh, you are experienced with the uh, file system, but, uh, you know, uh, in general, in, uh, in your long experience with also with other companies, previous uh, jobs, with uh, large-scale uh, uh, systems. And uh, in my uh, recent work at Gigaum, uh, especially with the new report we are writing about cloud file systems and uh, storage on the cloud in general, there is a, a huge change uh, in how uh, end users are uh, adopting this kind of tool, how they are using uh, file system in the cloud. So we moved from... Uh, uh, a very initial uh, cloud adoption where file was not even contemplated and uh, and many service provider I, I think they forgot about files when mm-hmm. they had a block and they have object and when real enterprises i mean not developers not uh, this fancy startup but real enterprises started to use the cloud they asked for file systems mm-hmm. and uh, Everybody started to build a file system in the cloud, okay? And we can we can discuss a lot about the fact that some of these file systems are good, are, are better than, um, than some of the uh, file systems that we can find natively on the cloud. But it, it is an interesting thing. What, what do you think uh, about, uh, you know, file system and the cloud. I mean, what, what do you think about uh, this late adoption in, uh, from the cloud providers and, and users maybe in the cloud? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. That if you look back maybe five years ago or so when S3 became such a popular target for low-cost retention of data up in the cloud, so Amazon's S3 service, uh, there was a lot of move towards how do we tier, how do we back up, how do we archive to S3? And that was primarily the capability that file systems that were written before this time frame were capable of. 
And so they had policies that could move data, that could tier data, and it could go to an S3 on-prem object store or you know S3 up in the cloud if there was sufficient bandwidth and whatnot to be able to get the data there. But as you look at what the real benefit of the cloud, I mean, it is nice to be able to retain data in an inexpensive way, but the real benefit of the cloud for data-driven businesses who are doing analytics, who are doing research, who are processing data for machine learning or for video rendering, all those more active use cases, you can't really do those off of S3. They tend to need a different level of performance. They tend to need POSIX interfaces to work with the applications that were written to do this type of work. They often have very low latency requirements. There's there's a lot of things that those applications require that S3 just wasn't designed to do. And so you need to move that data up out of S3 into something like EBS or a performant part of the cloud, and you need a file system that can work there. So really what has shifted is not just leveraging the cloud for long-term retention, but for leveraging the cloud for processing and all the incredible applications that are available up in the cloud. Yes, indeed. So you mentioned two important facts. One is uh, high performance for you know a lot of workloads that really need uh, interaction with data, especially when uh, the data is unstructured. And the other thing is simplicity somehow of uh, this kind of interface uh, com- uh, compared to what you get from uh, object storage. I mean, object storage, not that it's complicated, but it's it's not a human-friendly interface, okay? But I think there is also another thing. I mean, the uh, many enterprises started to do this kind of load and shift migrations to the cloud that uh, uh, changed a little bit the paradigm. I mean, uh, in the past, as you said, it was, you know, tiering, uh, new application stuff. But uh, I saw also a lot of uh, companies thinking about... Uh, uh, cloud as this first uh, um, thinking about the cloud as their uh, first uh, IT um, component, and then they wanted this uh, for their legacy applications. Yeah, I think that's right. And so when you think about adoption has been slower on file versus block, if you think which it absolutely has been up the cloud. I think in a large part, it's because if you have to refactor applications or rewrite them to run natively in the cloud, that takes some time. It also takes some time to figure out how to, you know, set up security policies for users who aren't sitting in a data center on the DNS server. How do you arrange security policies in the cloud? Those types of things. And so there's definitely been the desire to move significant amounts of workloads up into the cloud. And it's taken a while to really have the applications and the workflows and the security and network settings set up that customers can do that. And so I think that is part part of what's going on right now is we're at a tipping point that users know how to do all that. They're building out the ability to automate it so that you can automate security settings and have that run on your cloud instance so you don't have to manually configure users in the cloud. There's just a lot of that work that we had to build out the IT skill sets as an industry to even be able to really scale it into an enterprise. Right. And also, there is another aspect. When you uh, presented, so we, we met uh, a couple of weeks ago at uh, A3 Tech Live in London, and you presented the new version of your product. And uh, it was quite interesting because uh, the message from your company shifted uh, a lot. So from uh, on-premises, file system or scale-out storage in general to 
hybrid cloud uh, file system. And you uh, mentioned it several times hybrid. Okay. Yeah. So with these workloads that are not uh, all in the cloud or not all on premises, but there is a huge change also in this, uh, uh, in the way we manage data, right? There really is. Um, we just had our sales kickoff and a big broadcaster uh, was at the kickoff and talking about the importance of cloud and their workload. And they do use Cumulo on-premises on an NVMe storage array. And that's, you know, their traditional workloads. But as they think about how they can do things like doing play out from the cloud um, for live broadcasting and um, being able to share commercial edits and content for um quick clips after a show is shot, being able to do that in the cloud really gives them so much flexibility. And what they like, so when we talk about hybrid, it's mostly about having a single software package that manages your data in the data center or in the cloud and makes it very easy for when you need to move that workload around or when you need to share content somewhere else, you don't have to move it into another system. You don't have to have a separate software application or your users aren't doing something on their own and all of a sudden you lose visibility and tracking of what happens to your content. So hybrid has really become having a file system, the same file system that you run on-prem that you have in the cloud is really valuable to users, even if it's different workloads that are running. So it may not be the same workload. It may be just the same software that has control of all the data and then can move it to the right application wherever it resides. Yeah, and also um, my guess is that uh, your customer used you know, different type of configuration at this point. So maybe, as you mentioned, so th this customer uses a, a MVME on premises and they want uh, uh, capacity and, uh, but also performance on the cloud. So they probably are using NVMe instances for their uh, scale out file system also in the cloud, meaning it's no longer, uh, so the more the active uh, workload you are addressing, the more uh, the performance you need also in the cloud. Yeah, absolutely. And then you think about how many data centers, maybe it's not a time in your budgeting cycle that you can go add GPUs to your data center, for example, but you have a workload that would really benefit from them. The, the cloud gives this huge nimble business advantage to you that you could run that workload up in the cloud on GPUs to get whatever work done you want to when you may not have the ability to add that into your data center. So what we're finding as for, is for businesses to be competitive, if they don't have that agility of the flexibility of what's in the cloud, they, they're falling behind very rapidly versus their competitors. And another uh, aspect that is, I mean, maybe important, and in this case, I, I, uh, I'm curious, is how a solution like yours can... Uh, uh, mitigate the cost of the cloud. I mean, we we love the cloud for the flexibility, but actually it's very, very expensive. Mm -hmm. So uh, does Cumulo have systems to, you know, uh, uh, you know, mitigate this kind of uh, issue? It's definitely on the forefront of what customers are concerned with. Um, we have a calculator on our website that gives our customers the ability to look at different regions. So should they put their data in different regions that have different economics. And then this calculator will also tell them, okay, maybe you're looking for whatever it may be, a petabyte of capacity and 
four gigabytes of performance. But if you just tweak that by a little bit, you can significantly reduce your cost by running on different types of instances. So we do help them just configuration wise. But then once the architecture is up in the cloud, there's different things people do. You can spin up a Cumulo cluster. It just takes a minute or two to spin up a Cumulo cluster up in the cloud. Um, do the work you want to, and then immediately turn it off. And then that cluster is still persistent, but you're not continuing to incur the cost by leaving it running up 24 by 7. So that is a different way of thinking about running your workloads. But that's one thing we see customers do very, very regularly. And then there's the piece of how do you optimize for um, the right performance versus um, cost of the type of architecture you're running on in the cloud. And we're constantly looking at how can we make that more efficient. The cloud vendors are continually bringing up new services that we look at, which ones of those should we leverage and run on? So it's a very dynamic part of our um, engineering development right now is continually looking at new ways to drive down costs. So it's on the forefront. We haven't 100% solved it. There's initiatives in flight right now on different ways to move data in and out of S3, for example, that we're announcing later this year that that will help take advantage of the economics of S3 or Glacier. Um, so it's a very, I would say that's where the majority of development needs to happen in file systems right now. The, the modern file systems who are looking to leverage the cloud have to continue to focus there for sure. Yes, and another issue that many people don't, don't think about is uh, data protection in the cloud. Mm -hmm. I mean, in, in the moment that you have all this data in the cloud and you want to be sure that... Uh, uh, you know, everything is protected, even if there is a major issue uh, at the cloud level. So uh, how do you address these kind of problems? Yeah, it's it's a real issue, too, that we've had um, companies that are in, you know, the, the Fortune 50, even Fortune 20, that are leveraging the cloud and are very tightly coupled with some of the cloud vendors that can't use the cloud native file systems because they don't have things like snapshots and replication built into them. And that's a mandate from their business that they have certain protection and rollback policies. You know, if somebody deletes something they shouldn't have, if there's some corruption, if you want to be able to get copies from older, um, from days previous, all those different things that are built into things like HIPAA and SOX, all these compliance regulations we've all you know talked about for years. A lot of the cloud native file systems don't have the ability to do that. So again, that's a reason why a technology like Cumulos running in the cloud makes sense versus a cloud native file system is for an enterprise to move to the cloud. They need those same capabilities that they've had on-prem when they go up to the cloud. Yeah, and, and again, uh, with, uh, with a replication mechanism, a snapshot plus replications, you can move stuff from one cloud to another. I mean, so yeah. you, you can sync different clouds and uh, be prepared to anything. I mean, even yep. a total shutdown of a, of a cloud provider. And it, I know it's difficult, but actually it's theoretically possible. Well, you know, it's interesting that the replication policies, policies built into our software, they work just the same if you're going from a Cumulo cluster in the data center that's sitting right next to each other, or if you're replicating to a Cumulo instance in the cloud. And if that's in Amazon or Google, for example, those policies all work identically. Uh, so it does make multi-cloud or to cloud migration, those types of things, very easy. From a storage perspective, you still have to have the business policies and everything in place, but from a data movement and storage perspective, we make it easy. And do you see any uh, important uh, uh, repatriation trend? I mean, uh, uh, 
enterprises that started with the cloud and wanted to uh, get their data back because it's too expensive or because they changed their mind somehow. Yeah, we recently ran some research on just the trends and adoption of cloud and repatriation was one of the topics that we asked about. And the question came out, how many of your workloads or applications have you repatriated? And I think the number was 71%. But, and then as we delve further into it, it wasn't that the company had a cloud initiative and moved to the cloud and then changed their mind and are coming back. What the research really showed is that workloads are moving back and forth pretty regularly, that maybe for a while you use the cloud because you have an active um, research project underway that needs a lot of analytics. And when that's done, it's shut down and you no longer are using the cloud for six months. So it's, it's more granular on the business uses it, uses the cloud some of the time and then turns it back off. Then pe- the companies have moved to the cloud and are dissatisfied with it. So I, I think there's different trends that lead to that repatriation. But what I think is very clear is when a customer goes to the cloud, that doesn't mean they're there forever. It means it's a part of their workflow and it it will be dynamic over time. Yeah. In fact, this is something that I also noted many times with uh, my clients. I mean, so the, uh, they love the flexibility of the cloud so they can spin up as many instances they, they need. They can run this uh, massive cluster to, to get results in hours instead of uh, days and then they shut down everything data became uh, cold and it's way cheaper to you know to manage it uh, on premises or in other cases they have this application they don't know at the very beginning what this app this application is going to do i mean the um, the growth of the application the number of users when they understand it they move it back uh, on the application side Kubernetes is helping this now because the applications are very, very portable. On the data side, because the gravity and everything, if you don't have the right mechanism, like data replication, for example, it becomes very hard to go back. I mean, uh, without uh, talking uh, uh, about the native cloud file system and what your cloud providers gives you, and usually this, this file system don't, don't have a, a replication mechanism because the cloud provider, of course, wants that you keep all the data in, in, yeah. in its cloud, okay? So that it's how they make uh, money. So uh, avoiding this kind of locking could be very, very important if you don't have a clear idea what you are going to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's all your points are definitely valid and I couldn't agree with you more. And then you add to it that having the same software and the same system on premise as you go through this journey, whatever the journey is for each of the users is really helpful too. That if your file system and your data on prem or in different clouds is all the same, it just gives you flexibility as you start to (coughs) test workloads, test the cloud or test different applications that you're not stuck. If you make a move and you want to come back because you have the same technology in both locations. So it just makes it that future-proof and capability to, to move things around and decisions around later much easier. So if I have uh, the right uh, virtual machine, so the right cloud instance, can I install Kumulu uh, wherever I want? I mean, any cloud. 
Right now we run in um, Google and Amazon. We aren't running in Azure today. We have prototypes that they're running and that's the next one we'll launch, but we're not available there yet. Okay, but uh, the, the idea is to provide uh, uh, support for the major clouds. Exactly. Yeah. And to be in the marketplace where it's easy to, you know, spin up, a, you don't even have to talk to Cumulo. In fact, a lot of our cloud customers have never talked to us. They've just bought us in the marketplace and are leveraging us. And we get a report at the end of the quarter and find out who's actually using the software, which is quite different. Um, but yeah, it's the same software, same version, same code that runs in each location. It's just a matter of the optimizations and understanding the, the architectures of each cloud and making sure we're setting up the right instances to go back to the beginning of this conversation that we can make it as low cost as possible, that you have to make some smart decisions on what you use in each cloud to give the performance they want, but not to just have it become horribly expensive. And what about the management? I mean, uh, I'm, uh, I'm buying uh, my licensing uh, for uh, on-premises and then uh, on the cloud, I have a different cluster. Can I manage everything from a single uh, tool? Yeah, so what we find is we have a very extensive API, and most of our customers who are doing distributed work, so cl multiple data centers or cloud and data center, manage most of their infrastructure through software. Um, through APIs, through scripting, through integration with their applications. That's by far the most common. And that can manage across many clusters and that type of thing. For the customers who want to have the visual view of we have real-time data analytics and information about setting up replication policies, that's all the same um, software interface that they would use in the cloud versus on-prem as well. So um, the short answer is yes, and there's a couple of different ways that customers are using um, management, but programmatic automation of common tasks and things like that is becoming much more common. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that we covered a lot today, and I really enjoyed this uh, discussion. But bef before wrapping up the episode, uh, I'd like to share with a... Uh, uh, so I'd like to share with our listeners uh, a few links about Cumulo and maybe uh, where they can find uh, you on the social media. Yeah, you bet. So Cumulo is at cumulo.com, so Q-U-M-U-L-O.com. And then up on social media, I'm on Twitter at Molly underscore J underscore Presley and also very active on LinkedIn, Molly Presley as well. So Love to connect with you, keep the conversation going. And if you want to check us out, please come to the website or you can even just give us a tryout in one of the clouds. Fantastic. Molly, thank you very much again for your time today and bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Voices in Data Storage, please check out the other ones. Unstructured data management is the focus of a report Enrica wrote for GigaOM Research. To find out more about how data storage is evolving in the cloud era, Download the single report or subscribe to GigaOM Research for future forward advice on data-driven technologies, operations, and business strategies.